the where loose change makes something of itself deal. Because only at McDonald's can a stop at the toll booth turn into an, an impromptu breakfast stop. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? It's hard to beat any size McCafe iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. But pairing it with the new cheese Danish is a good way to try. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everyone welcome to the direct-to-video connoisseur uh, again I just wanted to play a little Christmas music to start us off a little wham um, welcome everyone I'm joined as always by Jamie Jamie how are you tonight I am doing very well thank you very much welcome yeah I, we were kind of talking a little off the air about Christmas songs this is my all-time favorite whams last Christmas I love this one um, what about we, we, you were trying to figure out if there's any Christmas ones that you have a sort of affection for uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I love Christmas music. I love, it's so weird because I'm so horror everything except around Christmas time. I've become this big mush. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't, I don't even know if I can't think of a favorite off the top of my head. I just, I like a lot of them from like the old standards to even the newer ones. Um, some of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, for the most I part. I think of something cool to pick out for you to play next week. Yeah, I was gonna say for the most part, I don't like Christmas songs, but man, Wham's like in the video too for Last Christmas. We're in the, the they're at the uh, ski resort, and you know uh, Andrew Ridgely stole uh, George Michael's girl. You know, and um, I mean the song itself lends itself more to a, a, a gay couple, um, and it seems to fit more that way. But you know the video too with the eighty ski lodge, and and you know Andrew Ridgely was <laughs> such a villain. He was always taking George Michael's women. One of my favorites is the David Bowie Bing Crosby mm. Christmas song. I love it, <laughs> and I think I heard that like Bing Crosby hated David Bowie, <laughs> <laughs> or like I think he just didn't understand him, right? You know, because they're two from two completely different generations, and I think get it. And uh, he did not enjoy doing that song with him if 
I recall correctly what I heard, which I think is really funny because it's a great song and, and mm-hmm. you'd never know it. But that seems to fit, though, because Bing was just a – he was an angry guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Do you remember the old the, the sketch on Saturday Night Live when Malcolm Jamal Warner was a guest and uh, he was – he had a dream. He was like – supposed it was like doing a Cosby show episode and he was saying he wished he had a different dad and he has a dream that – Bing Crosby is his dad, and like each of the kids are being taken out back to be beaten, which is not <laughs> that, that that in itself is not necessarily funny, but it was just the idea. And then like the god of Bill Cosby comes and saves Theo, um, and now we find out that Bill Cosby really wasn't such a great guy, you know. Oh my goodness! Talk about break in the heart right there. Uh, that's, that's I always hate to hear thing like negative things about people that I've looked up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just, you know, and, and one thing Jen mentioned that, um, I never, you know, you, you don't think about with these kind of things um, is, you know, all the other members of that cast, um, you know, Bill Cosby has more than enough money. He doesn't really need money for anything, but, you know, all the other members, you know, they, they get the royalties when those Cosby shows air, and so they lose out on a lot of money because Bill Cosby, you know, gets their shows taken off the air. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tempest Bledsoe. You know, she she could use that that income. Yeah. Keisha Knight Pulliam is doing stuff, but nothing good. No. <laughs> I recently saw her in a Medea movie mm-hmm. that I had to <laughs> I had to watch a Medea movie when I went to go visit my mother or my grandmother, <laughs> and um, ended up watching Medea goes to jail. I'm like, why oh, am I watching this? <laughs> I saw. I remember seeing a, a trailer for that in one of the DTV films I watched a while back, and I do. Remember, I remember seeing Keisha Knight pull them in there so yes I, I know what you mean there i think she and i are a week apart we were born a week apart oh wow yeah, yeah. i'm seven well, she days played a hooker in that in that one yeah i think i remember that medea redeemed her right made her better well you know the weird thing is that medea didn't really have well i guess she did she sort of they came together at the very end mm-hmm. but it was so it was such a bait and switch because like yeah. the whole movie was other things it was like this whole the plot with keisha knight pulliam and this guy and all of this going on and then every like 15 minutes or so you'd see a couple of minutes of Medea doing something <laughs> and I'm like this movie isn't even about her <laughs> She's, that's fake yeah. and then of course they all came together at the end to you know to sell it and I'm like whatever you lied <laughs> yeah I you know thinking about those Tyler Perry movies it, it sounds hard to believe that any of them could ever be a bait and switch like they just all seem so above board that you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that any of them would, you know, that, that, that they would, any of them would have that. <laughs> oh. Speaking of bait and switch. Oh, did we get one tonight, huh? <laughs> did we get one tonight? So, let's, our, our film that we're, we watched tonight was Legendary. What happened was we, we, we kind of had a, a couple other films we were thinking about. I saw Legendary was on Instant. I thought, hey, Dolph Adkins, I've been wanting to see this for a while. I pitched it to Jamie, and she, of course, was, you know, coming off of the great high of Ninja 2 with Scott Adkins. You know, we, we were both I'd excited. I him in uh, Expendables 3, which exactly. for a, just a very small amount of time, not enough mm-hmm. to make me happy, but, right. you know, some. Uh, yeah, I will watch anything with him, and mm-hmm. or I would. You would well, have. I would have 
watched anything with him, and Prior. now I see that I need to be more careful because <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. Oh. Well, because there's no, you know, you know what I love about him is his fighting. Exactly. You know that's, and he's so good at it, and he makes yeah. and he makes the choreography look really good. Mm -hmm. And and in films like Ninja Two, his acting was fine because there didn't really. It wasn't required a lot, right. you know. It was, you know, your basic action film, mm -hmm. and he acted like a ba basic action star should act, and that was fine. But then in this film, um, he had to be a little bit more dramatic, and it just comes off uh, hokey, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, for lack of a better word, it just he just doesn't sell it. But none of the acting in this was great. No, and Dolph. With his, did you notice like every five minutes? One liners. He's, he's leaning up against something, smoking, smoke. telling people about. Did have you ever? Yeah. Have you ever been caught in an elevator <laughs> with a live tarantula? Was, I mean, it was always, you know. Uh, but he's huh? always leaning up against something, smoking a cigar, looking off in the distance, talking to the person who's standing behind him. Yes. <laughs> like, how many times are you going to do that in this movie? Yeah, but. and he communicated in one liners. He one of them was a. Uh, don't be sorry. Be better. Yes. Yeah. You shoot to wound. I shoot to kill. <laughs> yeah. Reality is all about perception. I'll be the hero, and you'll be dead. It's <laughs> 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 like. Yeah, and then Scott. Did you notice Scott's accent? Oh, it was. It was a. It was, was a. Yeah. He would drop it. Um, quite often and I think that it's just and what I've noticed in the past is that he could pull off other accents really well I've honestly still to this day have not heard his actual accent Yeah. I still don't know what real Scott Atkins with his British accent sounds like Yeah. so but I almost did from watching this movie because he kept losing the American accent that he was using and I'm not really sure why it was necessary for him to be American because he was based out of London yeah I don't get this either now you know, you and I, we're both Americans. So, you know, it's no surprise to us that Americans really aren't as cool. They aren't that cool. Like, there's nothing inherently cooler about Americans than, say, any other um, ethnicity or, or nationality. Um, and, and certainly, you know, there's not anything that makes Americans any cooler than Brits. Now, you could say the other as well. You could say that Brits aren't necessarily cooler than Americans either. Um, but I, I'm, is it true that around the world people are like, oh, that guy's a limey. I don't want to listen to him speak. American, I'm in. I do know that I do know some British people who really love an American accent. Um, some of them are particular, like they love a southern accent or, mm -hmm. you know, something specific. But I, I've, I've never really heard anyone outside of England say I hate an English accent. Right. You know, I mean, I know English people that don't like English accent. I guess because they hear them all the time. Yes. But uh, I've never heard anyone else. You know, I'm British. I hate to hear them talk. I just have, I've never heard that. And so, yeah, I, I really and I was watching the film, going, there must be a reason. There must be a reason that he has to be American, and there really isn't. Especially since he has an office in London, which we saw him in for about five minutes when he did that great montage of that was supposed to be okay. We start off the film. <laughs> we start off the film in the woods, and they're hunting a giant uh, animated bear, mm -hmm. which is very poorly animated. I mean, we're talking asylum level animated. 
Um, it was very poor. And so he's hunting this bear, and that's when you see him. And then cut to months later, which we don't realize is months later until someone a little later in the film actually says, I haven't talked to you in months. Right. Um, <laughs> but we get this little montage of him being bored in his office one day. One day, you see him standing over here, standing over there, sitting down, looking out the window, and that takes about 30 seconds. I guess that's supposed to give us the idea that months have passed, but it really only looks like he had one boring day. That's that's all that, that's all that it conveys to me. But um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, there's no reason. There's no reason for him to be American that I could figure out. No, I I don't get this. You know, this is a common thing. I when I first started my my blog back in like '07, um, I used to complain about Bruce Payne. Like, why would you make Bruce Payne have an American accent? And, and I still feel the same thing about Scott Atkins. I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get why. There, there's nothing, there, like, like you said, in this case, it really doesn't matter, right? In this case, it's not like he's a high school kid in the United States, and you've got to find some way to shoehorn him in from the U.K., like, uh, you know, Heath Ledger in 10 Things I Hate About You, um, you know, come up with some semester abroad or something <laughs> like that, right? You know, Or the opposite for Lucas Black in... Uh, in, in like Fast and Furious 3, you know, where they mm -hmm. had to take his country ass and stick it into Japan. You know, there, exactly. There's, um, there, there's just no reason. Yeah, we're not, None. yeah, we're not doing... Because it doesn't even take place in America. I mean, the, the vast majority of the film is in China. So it really doesn't matter where he comes from. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think, um, yeah, that right, right away, like, I don't know which... What is the first bad decision this film makes? Is it the fact that we've got two really great action stars and we've put them in essentially a, a glorified... Not even glorified, a bad um, asylum paradigm instead of having them do action movie stuff that we really want them to do? That, that's a pretty mistake, I think. Um, <laughs> while we were watching this, Brian said what... He's like, I don't understand. Where's the... Where's the kung fu fighting? You know, where's the where's the fighting? He's like, isn't that what he's known for? Isn't he, you know, an action star? I'm like, yeah. And I said, but so is Dolph. And mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, but Dolph has branched out and tried to do other things. And he's like, well, I don't know. Maybe this is him branching out trying to do other things. And I'm like, well, he's failing miserably if that's what he wants to do. But I don't understand why you would write this film and say, we're going to make this film about this giant lizard water lizard thing uh in china who can we get to play a scientist a cryptozoologist, cryptozoologist. specifically and a hunter mm -hmm. i know scott atkins and Dolph lundgren, Dolph lundgren. who the hell came up with that who made that decision I, I have no idea it doesn't make any sense because there is no point yeah. during this film where what they're really good at is put into play yeah yeah, this movie was the, the the concept of this film was sautéed in wrong sauce from the very beginning, and it just seemed like it was a series of bad mistake or I, I I don't know bad mistakes I guess is a is redundant but a series of you know bad decisions one after the other, um you know we start with the fact that this is what the movie is right two great action stars in a bad asylum film that you could again you could get anybody to do this movie you could have gotten um you know who have we seen before? You could have gotten Debbie Gibson. You could Ian Ziering. Ian Ziering. You could have, you know, any number of people. Bruce Campbell would have been fun in this movie. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, just 
just pick anybody out that is not doing a Christmas movie for Hallmark or, or uh, Lifetime at the time, and you're good to go. So we don't need these two people for this movie, but yet we have them in here. Um, so that's bad. Now we've got Scott Adkins with a bad accent for no reason. Um, and then suddenly we've decided, too, that this monster that we've got, we're not even going to use the monster for, like, what, the first 25 minutes? Or so? I mean, how long How long did it take before we actually got the, the monster? It was the dock scene, right? When the monster attacked mm -hmm. the dock? Yeah, and even then you don't get to see the full monster. That was yeah. like, that was their version of the dock scene from Jaws. Right. Where you don't get to actually see the monster. We get to see it swimming away, mm -hmm. but you don't get to see the full body. And then a little while later, you see him chasing it through the woods. Mm -hmm. When really what it is is... Someone has let their pet lizard run around a terrarium, and they filmed it. That's what. Yes. I mean, I'm watching this going, Ray Harryhausen would be so proud. <laughs> I know. I thought of Harryhausen with the bear, but I know what you mean. Um, but is it just uh, – I mean, I do have to give them props for using what appeared to be actual what, – what it looked like to me is that they really did film a lizard mm -hmm. running around a set you know, um, and try to infuse it into the film just like old school you mm -hmm. know and i guess the, you know some points for that i mean it's better than the bear animation that we got in the beginning which was just terrible <laughs> it was I mean, a, just terrible it was bad harryhausen it was like trying to be cgi and harryhausen at the same time and it was just yeah. it was it was rough it was bad yeah it was bad i mean the the awfulness of this film is the only thing about it that is legendary <laughs> that will be legendary yeah, just, but it was it was uh, legendarily bad in a way that wasn't fun. No, it really wasn't, and I was doing other things. I mean, I was sitting there and I was watching the film, but I was framing, <laughs> I was framing horror movie posters yes. while I was <laughs> while yes. I was watching. I mean, that's how uh, that's how riveted to the screen I was. And at one point, uh, he says there was a line in the film where they said something about. Uh, someone being predictable, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh, you mean like this movie?" Yes. Uh, because I really could just fill in the blanks. I didn't have to. It wasn't necessary for me to pay attention to the screen. I could hear the dialogue, and I would know exactly what was going on. And then I would look mm -hmm. up when something interesting was happening, which was not all that often. Right. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, you've got good guy Scott Atkins who wants to go. Basically, this is Lake Placid, mm -hmm. but in China. And not nearly as well made yeah. or as well written. It's just it's very poorly written. I I think it, it everything to me is like movie making 101. Mm -hmm. Um, it even had a feel at one point. <laughs> it was like, is this like yeah. 90s porn? It had that. <laughs> there was no porn, but that would have made it better, I think. But there was no, um, there was none of that. But it just had this feel about it that mm -hmm. made it. Feel like 90s porn. I don't know if anybody out there gets what I mean when I say that, but there's just this uh, there's this ambiance that goes along with with 90s pornography that just that it's just the feel of the room in every scene. I don't know. That's just what it felt like to me. Like the office that he was in in the very beginning. I swear it looked like they spray painted the chair rail along the wall of the office right before they did the shoot, but they didn't bother to tape it off. Mm -hmm. So you could see like overspray yes. on, the, on the chair. I'm like, why did you bother? This is a shitty set. <laughs> That's a really bad set. Yeah. Uh, but the whole movie was just full of, of stuff like that. You know, the autopsy scene I thought might be interesting. But I mean, that's just basically a take on the autopsy scene from Jaws. 
You know, yes. so we've got a little bit of Jaws and a little bit of Lake Placid, and then they threw it all in a blender, and then they smashed it through a strainer to get all the good stuff out, <laughs> and so all you got was the weak, saucy parts, mm -hmm. and then that was the movie. Because uh, it was very predictable. You know, you had good guy, you had bad hunter guy who wanted to kill the animal, and then um, they're just vying for control. And you've got these sporadic animal attacks, which aren't very satisfying. You never really get to see anything good. And uh, then we get some scenes on a boat, which I was like, oh, yeah, that's clearly a boat on water. That is, <laughs> you can't tell me otherwise. You know, look at. <laughs> Look at that fog machine working. That is clearly a real boat on real water. Don't you tell me it's not, because I'm not going to believe it. Oh, <laughs> Jed and I were talking about that. We're like, that doesn't look like a sound stage. That doesn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? uh, and, and when you talked about how you were doing other things, um, Jen actually was looking through cat uh, blogs on Tumblr and showing me the pictures. Uh, we had some real good ones. Uh, we had this cat that... Um, uh, was experiencing his first snow, which those are some great picks. The cats experiencing their first snow. Um, this one it w was good. We, you know, we had a cat uh, jumping uh, a gif of a cat uh, attacking the the screen because a woman was doing gymnastics on it. Um, so it's really, <laughs> that's, re more, that's clearly more entertaining. Yes. This film. Ninety minutes of Scott Adkins in his real accent narrating cat gifs and cat pictures, better than this film with Dolph c coming in every once in a while. And then let's talk about his accent too. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that was, but that was <laughs> that was a manufactured bad guy accent, mm -hmm. and it was so clearly manufactured. I mean, that's and nothing about this film felt organic. No. And even the parts where they were supposed to be excited. Okay, there's actually a scene where we're on a job site. And you have the, the scientist working for Dolph Lundgren. Mm -hmm. She's there. And then her sidekick guy is standing next to her. And they're talking. And right as they're talking, they're, an attack happens. Mm -hmm. Like the barrels start rolling down. And you see those roll, not barrels, but the big round. Yeah, whatever those pipe them, things. You know they're going to go rolling down the hill because that's clearly what they're there for. Mm -hmm. They go rolling <laughs> down the hill. And they're watching that happen. And they're just sort of standing they're looking as it, just like they're watching their laundry at the laundromat go round and round in the dryer is is, is pretty much the same effect that it's having mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this lizard thing flies out of the water and grabs this guy and they just kind of look at each other with mild surprise i mean it wasn't even oh my god it was just huh mm -hmm. would you look at that so anyway yeah right <laughs> there was kind of reaction there was nothing so even the parts that were supposed to be exciting they didn't even care about it so why mm -hmm. should we yeah well and that's the thing too is the actress there you could tell um her, her level of english um <laughs> you, know, well, you know because you could tell like she was just doing her best to memorize the lines because her english wasn't enough so there were a lot of grammatical mistakes that i think she wanted to make but because the lines were written in perfect english uh, she was like doing her best to say them um, from memory because she didn't understand the grammar rules well enough. Um, and oh, so, that was clear. yeah, there were a lot of pauses in and, her speech. And the inflection it, was bad. You know, it wasn't natural. Right. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I, I actually, when she was talking at one point, I was like, oh yeah, English is my first language. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
And I understand that it's not supposed to be. And I'm not making fun of her for being foreign. I mean, it was just clear that this wasn't this wasn't a real person attempting to make realistic statements right. by stumbling through English. This was a person attempting to regurgitate English that was given to them. Right. And it it comes off stilted and obvious. Yeah. And comical. And that's the thing is that it was unintentionally comical. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't have time to care about what she was talking about. I was right. so focused on how she was saying it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's, you know, that's something that's it's hard to 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 mitigate, but definitely, you know, when you when you listen to somebody who speaks English as a second language, um while they might make mistakes, their language is much more natural. Um the mistakes even are are organic, whereas this was somebody with a, a rather thick accent who again you know just every time you know she was saying something correctly, but it wasn't the way she remembered how to speak you know she she didn't know these rules well enough, and so it just you know and I don't know how you do that I don't know how you fix a script to make it so that um you know uh it sounds more natural. I think it was just one of those things where they kind of you know they shoehorned her in there, they hoped that she would she would fit the bill and um you know, she was she was Scott Adkins' love interest, which we had a, a couple candidates early on. She ended up being the one, um, and so I guess that's how. The, maybe she's a star in China. I don't know. Well, I think in a real production, what you would do is you would have someone coach them right. through to get and say, "Look, this is the basic idea of what you're trying to get across. Use these use these lines as a template, mm-hmm. but then you know, work your flavor into it. Work." And make it sound real, make it sound organic, make it sound like it's coming out of your mouth or like it's coming out of your head. And um, I think if you take some time, you can kind of make it sound more realistic. This was clearly, they didn't have time, they didn't have the care. They just sort of said, here, read these lines. Learn them, read them. And there was something that she said several times that I kept catching and I thought was very funny. The way she was pronouncing it, but I cannot think of the life for think of what it was for the life of me right now. But I was just like, she wouldn't use that word. She wouldn't. <laughs> she I wouldn't. Know. That doesn't even make any sense. But, um, yeah. I mean, and I felt kind of bad for her because she seems like it makes her come off as a bad actress. Right. And I don't know that she's a bad actress because I can't judge her on this role. That wouldn't be fair. Right. Um, but that's how it makes it come across is that she doesn't know how to emote and that she right. doesn't know how to deliver lines properly. But I don't really think that's the case. I think it's that she was attempting to deliver lines and she had no idea what she was really saying. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think that was um, – I, I think you're absolutely correct about the fact that they they just rushed through it. You, you think of Jackie Chan in the, um, the Rush Hour movies or whatever movies he did for the United States. None of them, or even Jet Li, you think of Jet Li in The Expendables. Like, they never sound um, the way that, that she sounded in this film. No, and that's because there's, you know, real time and real effort and real money and real, <laughs> yes. you know, um, they actually give a damn about what they're doing. Um, I don't think, and I don't, I can't really lay that at her feet. I don't. No, think exactly. She, she, I don't think she had the time to prepare. I don't. Th- it just doesn't seem like she did. And I'm not going to blame her for that. I'm strictly. I, this is souls rests solely on the shoulders of whomever was in charge of this production, and clearly just didn't care. I mean, I, I felt like the writing of this film could not have been any more skeletal. It was just. <laughs> it was. 
watch every creature movie that's ever been made, pull bits and pieces from each one of those, and get. This is not something that this is not a project that was written because a writer really wanted to write it. Mm-hmm. I think this was a project that was written because they needed something written, and they said, "Here, you write about this." And there just doesn't feel like, "Oh, I really need to write this movie because I really need to see this movie made." Right. You know, and those are the movies that I want to see. I want to see a film that has some passion behind it, and not a film that was, uh, you know, colored by numbers, which I, I think this was. And they got outside the lines quite a bit. Yeah, for for you know, and and, and you know, like one thing I I was thinking about with this film, was I almost feel like it was um, a, an asylum film that um, or it was a film written for the asylum that they said that. Uh, this is this is even like too bland for us, or this is not, you <laughs> exactly. know. They're like, no thanks, you know, we're good. We're yeah, good. and somebody was like, we well, Gatoroid versus Shark. We don't need <laughs> exactly. This we don't need this. And I mean, it has a bunch. I mean, um, some of the producers, um, one of them, uh, Moshe uh, Diamant or Diamant, he's somebody I've seen before. He's done some Dolph films before, so I don't know how this thing landed in his lap, and he thought. Okay, I'll get Dolph, I'll get Scott Adkins, and we'll do something with it. I mean, and, and I guess, you know, that's enough, I guess, when you think about it from our standpoint. We see Dolph and we see Scott Adkins and we think, hey, this is great, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, I was sold on it immediately mm-hmm. when when you said, hey, there's this movie Legendary with Scott Adkins. Dolph, sold. Yeah. I didn't even have to get to Dolph Lundgren before I went. Yeah, but that even just sells it even harder. I'm like, I would love to see these two action stars go at each other, because mm-hmm. you know when you have them in a film together, one of them is going to be the good guy, one of them is going to be the bad guy. That's just the way it's going to shake down. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I would love to see that. I'm excited to see that. Mm-hmm. And that we didn't get that at all because there was no action. I mean, why not? If you're going to rip off a movie, and this movie definitely ripped off a movie. If you're going to rip one off, why not rip off The Predator and set that in the jungle and have our two guys try to take them da- take him down, you know? Something like that. I mean, I don't know. But, um, you that know... That would it, actually be pretty cool because it would be more believable for these two guys. Yeah. You yeah. know? I mean... I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just used to seeing them do other things and it just... I, I When watching... After watching this film, it's clear why they do yeah. other things because... When you give them something that's dialogue heavy, it just doesn't fly. Yeah. You know, I mean, and sadly, it breaks my heart. As much as I love Scott, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart to say he's not much of a dramatic actor. No. You know, no. he just isn't. <laughs> and so if he's not fighting, there's not much for him to do. No. And you know, he... and I appreciate the effort, but, you know, get back in the ring. Get him in the ring, you know. You know what would have been great? Looking at my notes here from the cryptozoologist standpoint, what if it was Sasquatch, but he knew karate and they had to fight Sasquatch? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. I thought might be dealing with that because I really didn't know anything about this film. Me neither. Yeah. Going what I knew, and I didn't read about it. I just watched it, so mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. And so when we first found the big footprints, I was like, oh, is this going to be Bigfoot? You know, mm-hmm. I fully expected it to be. And then it turned out to be giant lizard. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? But they even went so far, when I mentioned Lake Placid earlier, they even went so far as to have the baby. Right. And then realize, oh, that's just a baby. That's a juvenile. There's a bigger one out there. Yes. Just like Lake Placid. So it really could not have been 
uh, a more it, it was what's the word? It was un it was uninspired. It was, yes, yeah. thank you. I was so uninspired that I couldn't even come up with the word. But yeah, <laughs> this film could not have been any more uninspired if it tried. And it was such a waste. It was a waste of two talented men have specific talents, mm -hmm. and these are not them. Nope. And so, yeah, I cannot recommend this movie to anyone. No. I <laughs> just can't. No, I agree. I agree. You know, uh, you know, just thinking about like coming up from the the the, the Sasquatch angle. I mean, you know, I I know it sounds it you know it, it's it's a kind of a silly concept of what we're talking about here, but you know, I'd love the idea of Sasquatch maybe having like a a heroin ring, you know, in the golden triangle that uh <laughs> You know, Dolph calls in cryptozoologist Scott Atkins to take him down. You know, or you know, maybe even like this idea. I think what maybe they were going for, and they just never fully fleshed it out, would have been the idea of like an Indiana Jones style cryptozoologist. And you know, Scott Atkins can fight as well as as do cryptozoology things. That would have been cool. I could see him in a fedora. Why not? Yeah, and you know, Dolph Lundgren works for the Russians, you know, and they want to catch this lizard thing so they could uh, spawn it and um, for Vladimir Putin and create a uh, a whole super race of super lizard things. And so he's got to take out the whole Russian army or, you know, maybe some red Chinese uh, army, you know. Um, get some fights in there. Let's get some fights. Let's, let's, let's you know, maybe give him a hat. Give him, you know, does he need a whip? Maybe not a whip. Maybe give him a sword or something like that because he's good with the samurai sword. But uh, let's, let's make it, let's Indiana Jones this up some, you know? Yeah, I did get excited for a moment when they were leaving the autopsy and they ran into Dolph as mm -hmm. he was coming in to view the autopsy. And then he, they, had, they sort of had that standoff where he's like, that's my... You know, that's my evidence in there. You need to give it up. And then he's like, oh, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. And then we did get a punch. Yes. And I got excited. I did. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. here it comes. We're going to actually see him fight. Mm -hmm. You know, said, hot damn. You know, no, he yeah. delivered, Scott delivered the one punch and Dolph took it like a pussy. And then, yep. <laughs> and then that was the end of that. I'm like, well, shit, there was their, there was their opportunity right there to have them actually throw down a little bit. Um, I don't expect them to get into like a full out kung fu brawl in the middle yeah. of the parking lot, but you know it was something they had an opportunity there to go uh, with a little bit something more exciting and uh, didn't. Dolph was 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 as as villains go, he was kind of in that pain in the ass baddie character, kind of like uh, Michael McKean in the Brady Bunch movie or something like that. Like he wasn't, you know, <laughs> he was. I mean, there were a few times where he was, you know threatening someone with physical violence, but for the most part, he was just a pain in the ass, like, oh, you know, things are going really well, and oh, here's Dolph, the bad guy, to throw a wrench in things, because he's just a pain in the ass, sending out lawsuits and stuff. Um, I don't, you know, it wasn't like that really good baddie that you want, and and Dolph, I think, picked this role, and I think he tried to embellish the character, um, and that's probably where the, the bad acting came from, and the accent and all that, because, like, I think he was like, oh, I get to be a bad guy, I really want to do this, and, um, it, it it didn't work because he was just a, a poorly written bad guy. You know, like I said, he was just a, a pain in the ass baddie. He wasn't really like all that diabolical. Right? No, he, he wasn't at all. And uh, Brady Bunch movie, I'd rather talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the juice will make your shoes slip. <laughs> your shoes will slip in the juice. <laughs> I hadn't seen it before. Jen showed me it on a, on Sunday. We watched it together. And, uh, I love that movie. Oh my uh, god, I love it. Um. 
There was something you were talking about Dolph. With Dolph. Yes, before I, I slipped into the Brady. He's a pain in the he's a pain in the ah, Oh, there was a scene where uh, Scott goes to see the guy who had filmed the creature. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, I, I want to see the film that you did. And then he's like, oh, no, no, no. You didn't even ask me if it was fake. I'm like, well, what? Yeah. yeah. What's that mean? <laughs> like, first of all, I was like, what? <laughs> and then, you know, he turns him away. Well, then later the guy comes to see Scott. And he decides he wants to help him. And he's like, well, wait, what? change your mind and he's like well because right after you i had a harker come visit me and right away he offered me a lot of money and i'm thinking so you'd rather help the guy who was gonna do it for free i really want <laughs> who wanted the information for free i don't understand your motivation well then he said there's a there's a one a specific kind of guy that that thinks that everyone can be bought I'm like, well, just because he offered you money for your video does not mean that he thinks you can be bought necessarily. Right. I mean, I know this was supposed to be like some revealing thing, you know, where this guy saw through the Dolph right. Lundgren character for the bad guy that he really is. But to me, that's just not enough motivation to see through. Because, you know, God forbid someone should offer you money for something that you have that they want. I mean, that's yes. just an unusual thing. I don't know if this is coming across as... as <laughs> It, as I'm intending it to, but it just the whole thing it seemed kind of paper thin to me. Yeah, no. And I think that the that was something that plagued the writing throughout this film is that I really don't feel like anyone's motivations were ever very clear or, or well defined or deep. Or, I mean, even the damn story we got about why that became a cryptozoologist is like I don't give a shit. Oh, the mom were, thing. <laughs> yeah, that you were that was and you had bathroom and then you looked up and saw a yeti i don't care <laughs> yes well you know that you know like I, one of the things we talk about with that character the one who had the video and the whole like seeing through Dolph thing you know that really smacks of like that old-fashioned you know that, that that older from like maybe 60s even probably as recent as like the 80s and 90s that old uh, stereotype of the wise asian who can see through the white man's right uh you know shenanigans um, and and you know, it's smacked of that kind of silliness. And, and again, that whole thing, too, right? He was like, you didn't even ask me if it was fake. Like, why would you ask somebody who's peddling a video of a, a creature if it was fake? What are they going to say? Exactly. Well, that was, that's, I'm stuck going, well, what would you have said if he'd asked you if it was fake? Yeah. He would have said, no, it's not fake. And then the end of, there's the end of that conversation. Yeah. So what would be the point of that? You know, and why would he be good-hearted if he thought you were lying? Yes. I mean, like, why would that be the, you know, why would that make him a good guy if he came up to you and said, I know you're full of shit, is it fake? Like, oh, well, if you think it's fake, then you must be the good guy. You know, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> that, you know, going back to the Bradys, that reminds me of whenever someone would uh, have a secret that Cindy, they would tell Cindy and they'd say, do you triple swear to keep the secret? And it's like, what do you think Cindy's going to say? Well, I don't know if I can do triple swearing. I can maybe do, like, one or twos, but, you know, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't triple swear. So, no, don't tell me the secret. Yeah, it's the same thing. Well, you ask me if it's fake or not, hmm, you know, I got I to gotta come clean with you on this. It actually is fake, you know? <laughs> you know, no one's ever asked me No one's asked me yet. They all just took it on face value, but you asked. And and because you asked, you are our thousand customer. I'm gonna you, know, you get the prize. 
It's just like if you when you're talking to someone and you say, you know, can you keep a secret? Yeah. Like, what are they gonna say? Fuck no. No, <laughs> hell no. Don't tell no, me. I'm gonna start making a sign right now, and I'm gonna stand out on the corner with this sign or whatever yeah. you're about to tell me. Yeah. I. You know, no one's ever gonna say, well, no, I, I really can't. Yeah. I can't. I, Don't tell me anything. <laughs> no, I, I cannot keep a secret. Yeah. No I, one's gonna say that, you know. No one's gonna say, yes, my. It was fake. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was, yeah, no one's going to say to you, listen, oh, oh, you've got a secret. Yes, I've, let me just uh, open up my Facebook app here and open up the status window, and I'll start typing as you say it. <laughs> yeah, tell me the secret. It's going out right now. I, I can't, you know. Yeah, it's, and yeah, I think from, from you know, it, 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 you know, that kind of thing, you know, I think we both have seen this a lot before. That kind of thing comes from bad proofreading of a script. Is that where that comes? Don't you think like you you you, you put the idea <laughs> bad in bad writing in general? Okay, all right. Then, yeah, okay. Well, yes. First, blame the writer, and then I guess yes, uh, blame whoever okayed that. Mm -hmm. Blame whoever said, yeah, it seems reasonable to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because oh. it's not. <laughs> it's not. And you're right. Like it. And and of course, like these are little things that I think just are part of the whole domino effect of the bad things that this was you know this film was already set on a bad foundation of bad plot um bad casting uh, or in, you know improper casting um you know the whole thing was bad and so then we we get to these other things i mean i we the, the this was supposed to be a lake right but apparently it had currents that were pulling uh the female heroine out to out to lake what do you say there? <laughs> out to out to Middle Island in the middle of the lake. I don't know what they were pulling her out to because it wasn't out to sea. Um, but apparently there were currents on that lake. I mean, I know where you are in the Great Lakes now. I guess they do have currents, but um, I don't think that lake was big enough to have currents. Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about the area yet to answer anything like that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I know there's a lot of water around here. That's as far as I've gotten. Oh, okay. and I did learn about effect snow, which I didn't know anything about before. Mm -hmm. It's um, awesome. Isn't well, it? Until just before I moved up here, I, I had heard about it. But um, that's that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge on lakes and currents. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> but it did. Uh, I just got a picture of that damn boat in my head again when they're on the boat, mm -hmm. clearly in the middle of the water. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. It was. But it was it didn't have that fun quality that these you know some of the asylum ones have that you know the old creature from the black lagoon had that fun quality. Uh, this doesn't have the fun quality either. No, and I tell you what, I just watched Creature from the Black Lagoon mm -hmm. recently. I watched it on Thanksgiving, mm. and that and the original Frankenstein. Oh, nice. And uh, well, Brian's mom, um, she likes scary movies too, which is mm -hmm. really just awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, so whenever we visit his mom, we always take movies to watch. So um, we took the Universal collection for Thanksgiving and ended up watching uh, Creature and Frankenstein. I gotta tell you, Creature is much better made than this movie. Yes. And that was 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I'll watch that any day. Yeah. Compared to this. Yeah, it's amazing. I saw Creature... Um... Oh, five or six years ago, I was at my parents' house, um, and I just kind of was flipping through the channels, and it was, or maybe my dad was even had been watching it before I came in the room, um, but I was watching it with my dad, and you know he was, you know he 
got a kick out. He loves that kind of thing, you know, just like the the, the guy swimming around under there. <laughs> yes. Now, as an aside, Thanksgiving viewing, uh, Jen and I watched uh, the very Brady Christmas on Hulu for <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, Mike Brady. I love you guys. Uh, well, and that had a better plot with Mike Brady getting stuck in the the building at the end. <laughs> I mean, even that one was a better plot, and the whole thing with Jan and the divorce, and you know, Peter. I don't know, and the 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 fact that Cindy had to sit at the kids' table. I mean, you know, um, yeah. I I this movie, it. I you know I I don't know I, I you know I didn't look into it enough I think but I I just you see these two on the cover and you just think fighting and action and I think the moment they went away from that I I just I don't know what they 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 were swimming upstream and they just never made it um to use a a water reference with this film. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no never. No I don't know so I mean. I, now, one thing I wanted to say, a little off-topic on this film, because we we have kind of we're kind of we're almost like running the the well dry here. But um, in Portland, Maine, I've never been to it before, but they have a cryptozoology uh, museum in Portland, Maine. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I've never been. I meant to contact my friend Brett, who who lives there still. I I lived in Portland for about two years. I don't remember it being there when I was there, but it might have been. Um, but I know Brett and his wife uh, Vicky have been there. And they've told me, Brett has told me about it, and I, I just haven't been to check it out. But I would like to, I'd, I'd like to find out what they think of this film because it seems like this is like, um, you know, you think of uh, different, um, uh, different fields of things. You think about, you know, like how um, Indiana Jones is for archaeology, and uh, I don't know, maybe uh, Breaking and Breaking Two are for breakdancing, and you know. Right, you had the the Forbidden Dance was the Lombada movie. Now we've got a cryptozoology movie out now, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it it seems like this movie is not doing that field any favors. No, no. As a matter of fact, how long, I wonder how long it takes to get to that museum. Because if it's ninety minutes, I would <laughs> tell people to make the trip to Portland over watching this movie. Yeah, I think it's like, I don't think it was that long. It's not a big place. It's a very small little, when I say museum, I think I mean like a couple rooms in a, you know, first floor of a (laughs) city building. (laughs) See, that's the thing is I do find cryptozoology very interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there are a lot of really cool things out there. And then the, the idea that there are things that exist beyond what we know because we think we know everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, how can something so big exist underneath our noses and all this time and yet we don't know about it? Like, that's just impossible. Well, I don't really think so. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that it's entirely possible for things out there that we don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. You know, just because we're human and we know everything, um, just some things can defy that logic. So I think it's a very interesting, it's an, it's an interesting field. I think that there are a lot of interesting films that are made about it. This, this is... is- isn't one of them. I was going to say. <laughs> they just try very hard, you know. And then, of course, no. we get that great scene at the very end where they're talking about the next adventure that they're going yeah, on. Yeah, and we're just like, know? no, no more adventures we're going you. into the credits, and they're like, oh, this is what I think we can do. We, know, we can yeah. fly down, and we can, it'll take us four or five days to trek out there, and then we're going to – and I'm like, please don't make me go along on any more of your adventures because no. I just don't. Care. And, and they kept Dolph alive. They kept Dolph alive for for that sequel too. Which you know, Jen and I kept wondering, like, is he going to pop out like Jaws, you know, near, next to the boat, and they were going to have to kill him or something? 
And uh, when that didn't happen, I started to think like, oh no, these this wacky crew is gonna be, you know, this is gonna be like the their own magical mystery tour kind of group here, traveling the country and just like taking mm-hmm. off the mask on Dolph Lundgren each time, I guess, or something. I don't know, but you know, I don't I don't understand how you can, you know. They they barely had enough material. They they didn't really. Let's say they didn't have enough material uh, to mine for a 90-minute movie that they just gave us. Um, I don't know what they're planning to do for a sequel. I don't know what they could even do with a sequel. Yeah, I don't. I I don't even want to know. And I tell you, what, if it were to happen, I would watch it. No, we're done. We're <laughs> done with the with this I series. I wouldn't be watching it. That's yeah. Cool. No, no, we're we're done with this series. Um, the only thing I want from Scott Atkins and, and Dolph Lundgren is an action film with fighting and shooting. If if Legendary Two is now, I, maybe I should write a letter to the people that made the Legendary. Maybe I'll I'll give them this treatment that Legendary Two is either going to be a race of Sasquatches or Sasquatch Eye. How how do you pluralize Sasquatch? Big uh, Bigfoots. I don't know. It might just be. A- Big feet. Big yeah. Big 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 feet. Big feet. But um, a race of them maybe that have um, like monopolized the drug trade in a part of the world, and it's up to Scott Adkins to take them down. I will. I will take that. Uh, maybe Dolph Lundgren is their leader. You could do a uh, sort of a um, Heart of Darkness kind of thing where Dolph, after what happened here with the lizard. He goes underground, finds these Sasquatches, becomes their leader. You know, he's sort of emaciated at the end, and he's waiting for Scott Adkins to give him a warrior's death um, in this drug thing. That I could go with for a sequel. Um, you know, maybe something like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other good good ones here that would involve cryptozoology. I mean, you could use yetis. Uh, I don't know. Jackalope. Jackalopes. I mean, give us something, but, I, you know, I want some. The devil. Exactly, Jersey Devil. Yes, anything that involves action, though. And if it's a drug trade, if it's you know a Sasquatch who Dolph wants to try to get, so he can um, for he's he's been hired by the Russians or the Chinese or or any boogeyman that we want to create. Let's let's bring back the Cold War. Um, and and he wants to genetically engineer super soldiers with this Sasquatch DNA, and Scott Adkins is trying to protect the Sasquatch. I'll take that too. But as long as there's some fights, um, I, I don't care if Scott Adkins' character didn't know karate in this one, and he knows it in the next one. I'm willing to make that jump. I, you, you asked me to make a lot of jumps in this movie, uh, a lot of leaps of faith that I did with you, and they didn't pay off. I'm willing to take the leap of faith that Scott Adkins suddenly knows kung fu. I'll take that if it gets me an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just yeah, give me action. That's what That's what I wanted. Yeah. That's all that I asked for, and that's the one damn thing I didn't get. That's it. That's it. I mean, would you would you have been if this movie had been Sasquatches um running a drug cartel, uh maybe Dolph Lundgren Heart of Darkness like Dolph Lundgren as like Marlon Brando's character in Apocalypse Now. Um you know, if it had been <laughs> something like that, with action, of course, lots of action. You know, would you have been more satisfied? Would you have been like, okay, this was an awesome movie? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it definitely ha- is is a step in a better direction. Yeah. I mean, I and I'm just trying to shoehorn this whole cryptozoology thing. It doesn't have to be Sasquatches. I mean, it could just be humans, um, and and that would probably play a little bit better. I'm just saying, if you're going to do the cryptozoology thing, you know, find a way to do it that makes it action themed. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, if you're going to have these guys in it, then give us the action because that's that's what they're good for. That's what they do. I just understand. I don't understand using them. I don't understand having these two guys at your fingertips and not using them for what they are known to do. Yeah. I don't get it. No, there's a whole cadre of former 90s stars that are just there. They're agents. Uh, ha- um, you know, their their phones are just waiting to, to, to ring for you to call them and say, listen, I'm doing this bad, like, film in China. What do you think? And they would be ready to do it. They'd just be like, hey, you know, I haven't done anything in a while. Uh, VH1 is not doing these celebrity-themed uh, reality shows anymore. Get me out there. You know what? Uh, the... the the checks from 90210 or whatever Melrose or any of those, they're they're you know the TV Hell, Guide Network. The Cosby kids, they need the money. The Cosby, you know, let's get Tempest Bledsoe and and Keisha Knight Pulliam, Pulliam. You know, they could have been in this film, and we would have been like, oh, Cosby kids in the film. You know, Theo Huxtable. Yeah, Cosby kids worth it. Cosby kids versus Giant Lizard. There you go. I take it. I, and 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 I, we probably wouldn't have watched it. We probably would have. We may have watched it, but we probably would have said no. Which is, I guess, why they put Dolph Lundgren and Scott Atkins in the film. But then that makes it, you know, Tyler Perry's. Uh, I can do bait and switch all by myself. I guess, or whatever we want to call the Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just don't. Uh, I know that there are probably a lot of action fans out there who are ticked. Hmm. You know, I can totally imagine uh, action fans being pissed off uh, yeah. after what they didn't get with this. Yeah, rightfully so. Rightfully so. I mean, you know, we we in the DTV world with these stars that we follow and we we love. Um, you know, we kind of um, you know kind of this this was not as bad as what we got with Ambushed. Um, it wasn't as bad. Um, but this was still pretty egregious when it comes to you know what we know these actors for, what we expect from them, and you know there was nothing on the cover that said um, you know these guys aren't going to fight or they're not going to fight somebody else. You know, um, it it might as well have been the two of them uh, taking down a drug cartel in Eastern Europe um, from the cover. You know, we could have seen that just as easily, and and we didn't get any of that. And so it it. It was it was not as egregious a bait and switch as ambushed, but it was it was up there as far as bad bait and switches go. Oh yeah, it was definitely it was vying for top level there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least at the very least, put on the put on the tagline, you know, uh, you know, two action guys like you've never seen them before. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would have been a t- at least then the you know no one could say well you didn't give me any indication right like, yeah well we kind of did we we warned yeah. you they weren't going to be fighting they weren't you know I mean I mean we got some kind of a fight scene at the end that was just a lot of grunting and trying to choke each other with the button with a, with a gun with a rifle yeah that just was interesting no I mean what what was what was I mean and then like the whole thing with like Dolph gets hit by the dragon we don't or the 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 di- lizard we don't really see what happens he just goes flying. Yeah, which was terrible. And I also noticed that I, I'm guessing they couldn't even afford the Wilhelm scream for this movie because there <laughs> were a couple of Wilhelm scream ripoffs uh, in this movie when people were going flying. And I'm like, oh man, that's like bargain basement Wilhelm scream even. And I yeah. think that's even free. I think it, it is free. Yes, it is free. I, I think whatever reason they could not get it maybe in China. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I typically, I'll even give a point. For a movie that in, that includes that scream, and 
you know, they couldn't even do that. Yeah, they they gave us like the Doctor Rocket or you know whatever, you know. You remember like you go to the grocery store and they'd have the generic version of the um, uh, <laughs> of the cereal like Tasty O's or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yes, it was like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Equate brand. Equate, <laughs> exactly <laughs> of the of the Wilhelm this screen. The Wil- this is the William screen. The Will- yes. <laughs> Yes. The Bill. The Billy <laughs> Billy Scream. <laughs> so yeah, people don't watch it. That's all. No. The, 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 the crux of this conversation is just don't watch this don't movie. Watch it's not it. worth your time. It's not worth your time even if you like asylum films, God help you. I, I wouldn't even bother with it then. If you're a fan of Scott Atkins or Dolph Lundgren, it's just going to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's If you're a and of cryptozoology, go to Portland. <laughs> yes, go to Portland, Maine. Check out the check it out. And you know, there's also some really great places to eat. Plenty of great seafood. Um, you know, nice on the coast. This time of year, it's cheaper because it's it's frozen. But um, also there are a lot of hills, so you're probably gonna slip and fall on the brick sidewalks. Um, um, so that maybe you know. But where the cryptozoology places, you don't have to worry. There's not as many hills, so you can go there safely, and uh, and and check out your. Whatever they have there, I, I wish I knew what they had. I should, I, as a Mainer, I should know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's okay. I, let's close. I guess we're we're closing the book on this one here. Um, I, you know, I think from when we were talking about asylum film, I mean, I think asylum films would watch this and say this movie's going really slow, and there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of nothing happening here. Yeah, that should tell you something right there. Yeah, they would want their ninety minutes back. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Fortunately, I was able to be productive with my 90 minutes, so I'm really not complaining. Yeah. Because you know, I was able to do other things. And you guys looked at cat videos, so, you, you know. know. Yeah, we got some nice cat blot, you know, and, and that worked out well. But, I mean, there were plenty of times where, where Jen looked up and started laughing at the movie and saying, I don't, you know. And, yeah, it, it ooh, I you know, oh, I thought we had a sure winner when we picked this one for this week, and we just, blah. Never can tell. No. Well, I guess we'll maybe uh, figure out what we what we've got going on in our our podcasting uh, uh, blogging lives. Um, I again maybe we should start with me because it is going to still be a whole lot of nothing. Though um, I'm starting to get a little bit better um, time wise here, so maybe um, we can start seeing some posts. I mean, I with a doll film, I I always like to get the doll films up on the blog. Um, so, so, with this one in the can, even though it's bad, um, I'd like to get it in soon. But there are a few others in the past that we've done. Um, uh, Killing season, I really want to get that that written. Um, that's probably the next one I'd like to do. Um, you know, there there are a few that I'd like to do, and and so I, I hopefully we'll get back to it soon. I just don't know if it'll happen before Christmas, but um, hopefully soon we'll get back into that. But um, Jamie, how about you with the podcasting world? What have you got? Uh, uh, well, I think that the um, well, let's see, Friday the Friday the the Friday Five review that we did for Devour because we're still we're still going through that retrospective. It's just taking us a while because now we're only recording every other week these days. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, you know, with my move and everything, I mean, it's just been mm. we were kind of backed up, and then uh, David and his producing of them. So I think the part five, I mean, I know the part five one is out. I'm not sure about part six. I don't think it has come out yet, but it has been recorded. 
I've got the for the skeleton crew. We did a commentary for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm. That's still hanging around out there. Uh, evil episodes coming up. We're going to be next week. We're I don't remember what we're talking about. Why can't I ever? Ah, well, you know our usual TV roundup, mm-hmm. and then but I don't remember the movie that we're going to be discussing. And you know I still haven't. I had planned on getting into the playlist last night. And then still just didn't get around to it. I've just, I have been very slow going about getting back into recording. So I really don't have a whole lot going on. Hey, that's okay. You know, that's this time of year, too. It's, it's really, um, it is. It's yeah. a time I mean, the crunch. The holidays are always slowed down as far as stuff like that goes. Yeah. D- I've got a like in it that's supposed to be coming out sometime soon, as soon as I get that shit put together. So there is a new like in it. And in that one, um, We'll be discussing Wolf, the Jack Nicholson film. But oh, also, nice. Also Wolf Cop, mm-hmm. the, the new one. And I think I'm going to throw in a bonus surprise film there with the other new werewolf film, Late Phases. Oh, so. So um, we'll have, because it'll be an extra big end of the year Christmas episode. So um, I think I've got, plus I've just got those two movies that I've watched screeners for recently. And um kind of just don't want to wait any longer to put them out there so so we so a like in it could be on the way here as well yeah that's uh you know theoretically it's coming yeah i i really enjoyed <laughs> i really enjoyed that last like in it um thank that you. you had yeah that was a really great one that was you duncan mcleish and yeah ryan lewis and ryan lewis yeah. yeah and i do love that show and i love putting it together and i love how it comes out and you know i'm really proud of it mm-hmm. and i just get bogged down with other stuff and it and my personal projects always come last yeah you know that's just the way it is and so i mean i've got stuff that i'm in that i'm involved in with other people and that always ends up coming first so Mm -hmm. but it is on the horizon yeah you know i mean that's the thing with this show is that it really is kind of a set it and forget it kind of deal um i mean i know last week i think there were some technical problems last week i know when i was listening um sometimes it happens when there's a delay and i don't know if it's on my end or what happens or maybe because we had a uh, ty and brett as well but uh it seems like if there's a delay in mixler mixler tries to catch it up and um sometimes in the audio it sounds like um not that you're interrupting me, but like you're um, finishing my sentences or answering the question before I finish it because uh, it, it seems like it catches up the delay and it sandwiches us together, uh, which is very interesting to listen to um, partway oh, through. Oh, that's weird. Yes, it can be very funny. So, um, but, but, you know, I don't really have the technical know-how to fix that when it happens. And so I generally just, uh, you know, if you're not here to, you know, obviously I understand most people have trouble listening to our live show because... Um, it is, you know, the timing of it isn't always the best, especially on the West Coast or if you live in England or something. So I like to kind of get the podcast up on iTunes and um, the DTVC archive page. Um, but uh, what happens is is that, uh, yeah, we just, you know, I just kind of put it up there. And if it's good, it's good. And if, it's, um, if there's some technical problems, um, sometimes I'll try to fix them, like if we had a, a break or a pause. But um, otherwise, it's kind of like, there it is, and um, I can understand with the liking it one, right? You do like multiple interviews. You kind of are putting things together with music and stuff like that. So it's a lot of editing, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's you know I can see like this is, you know, just the, the amount of time that this podcast takes 
um, even today, you know, Jen and I went into the city. We were doing some other things. Um, I just started a, a kind of got a promotion at my job where I've got new job tasks and I'm being trained on new things. And so all of these things kind of come together. And I, I didn't get a chance to watch the movie until late today. And so then it was like, I, I didn't do our Twitter and Facebook things until like just before we did the show. Um, and I mean, that's pretty simple stuff, you know, watch the movie, uh, download a, a cover and post it on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, even that sometimes is like a crunch to like get it all in with everything else. And, uh, you know, when you've got a, a big podcast and you're editing it and putting it together, um, I can see how that can get, you know, t- w- with everything else in life, it can it can be difficult to find the time. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of sitting down and forcing myself to do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I, I definitely, I mean, that last one, I, I really enjoyed it. So I, I can't wait for this next one. Thank you very much. Yeah. Now, well, people find that one on. Out there. Oh, I was going to say, people find that one on Horophilia, right? Yes, you can yeah. find that at horophilia.com under Liken It. Or you can even go to likenitshow.com, and the archives are there as well. Yeah, and I've. I think with iTunes, the situation was you've got to. You can subscribe to Liken It, but you've got to get the podcast from Horophilia. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if they've ever that it's been some kind of issue that he's Jason has been talking to uh, talking to iTunes about mm-hmm. over and over and over again and and it just works it doesn't work right he did say that if you go if you use an app other than the iTunes app mm-hmm. that to download podcasts that you can download it from iTunes if you just use a different app but oh okay I, that is beyond my technical I don't <laughs> I have my iPod and then I just go here, get this, and then <laughs> be, right. if it has, you know, if it's beyond that, and if it doesn't work doing it that way, then I just go directly to the site. I don't sit down and try to figure out alternate routes because it's beyond me. So mm-hmm. I just get directly from the website. Yeah. Well, we'll see. What I like to do is I I download them to my phone, my iPhone, and then I will play them while I'm doing, like especially with my my. With with schoolwork, I usually have grades to do or lesson plans to mess with, or even I'll just have a break in between classes, and uh, I always kind of fill that time with uh, with podcasting, and so that's always a great way. And uh, and so um, it's nice to be able to put them on on my phone. I've I've been able to listen to our podcasts as well um, through that, so it it helps. But um, I know what you mean. Like sometimes you, the only way to do it is to get it through the site. Yeah, and then. You know, then I know you can do it that way. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, so I don't know now. Um, I guess I should also announce that um, next week is probably going to be our last one of the year, just because uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve fall on Wednesdays. So uh, next week will be our our last one. Um, we kind of have a, an idea of what we want to watch, but uh, we shouldn't announce it just because it, it always changes. It seems like it always changes with us, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, we've had a few. We never, I don't ever know. No, I know what you mean. But um, but yeah. So next week will be our last one for the new year, and then uh, we'll come back in January with a whole bunch. But we will be here next week, so definitely tune in next week for uh, our. We won't re- really be doing any year-end extravaganza. It will just be a regular podcast, but it will be a lot of fun as always. Yeah. Oh, right. show. So Jamie, people can find you. Uh, I don't think we've done this in a while. Jamie, you are at Maven1974. That's correct. Yeah, that's your Twitter. Yeah, that's your Twitter. See, I, I haven't actually had to write your Twitter in a long time because it just autofills now. So 
Um, I haven't actually used it, but it's there. Um, and I try to always, um, when I tweet about our show, uh, you know, have you in there, have your, your name in there as well. I don't know how to do it on Facebook yet. Jen sent me a tutorial, and I still don't know how to tag people on Facebook when I make the, the things, but... <laughs> You're learning it, though. I'm still getting the hang of it. <laughs> but um, now I'm also on Twitter at DTV Connoisseur. And um, for the episodes, um, remember, you can either find us on Facebook um, or just go to the main page, uh, mattmovieguide.com. And that, that will have all your links. It will have the archives to old episodes. And it will have our Facebook and Twitter links there as well. So you can always go there for those things. All right. Well, Jamie, it was another great episode. Even if the movie was uh, left quite a bit to be desired, it was a fun episode as always. Well, I always enjoy talking to you, regardless of what we're talking about. And I know that even when I'm watching it, if the movie's bad, that just that, that at least the discussion will be fun. Exactly. I agree. And I think we had a great time. It was much more fun talking about the Brady Bunch Christmas and the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> I think. <laughs> All right, well, thank you all very much, and uh, we'll see you next week at the Direct to Video Connoisseur. Goodbye, everyone. That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.